0: Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Wednesday. I hope everyone is having a wonderful week. We've got a fun, I think it's fun. I mean, talking about politics is is fun for me. So I think this is a fun episode today. We are going to be talking about two trends very prevalent in our current political and news centric conversations and that is gaslighting virtue signaling and how these things go hand in hand and how they relate to social justice and leftism as an ideology in general and then we will talk about how we as Christians in our behavior and the things we pursue and the way that we act should oppose these things that are not only divisive and destructive, but are also sinful. Before we get into all of that and examples and definitions and all of that good stuff, I want to tell you guys about a sponsor that I've talked to you about before, and that is Objective Wellness. So Objective Wellness offers targeted solutions. It's a supplement company that helps you, um, you sleep better, get firmer skin or healthy immune system, whatever it is, you are looking for health-wise, objective wellness can help you with that. Uh, Their products are crafted with high quality ingredients shown to deliver specific results. Objectives, ingredients are backed by science behind each ingredient. There are scientific studies and endless hours of research. Um, They source active extracts from blueberries, saffron, and even microalgae, which provides an antioxidant 6,000 times stronger than vitamin C. That's really strong. Objective Wellness knows that wellness looks different on everyone, that there is no one size fits all solution. And that is why they focus on targeted solutions, giving you support exactly where you need it. It helps people feel their best with the supplements that they provide. And I'm pretty sure they can probably help you too. The least you can do is check them out. Go to objectivewellness.com. Use code Allie. If you end up purchasing something for yourself, you get 20% off your first order. You really have nothing to lose. Like if you're like me and it's before summer and you're like, dang it, I kind of went off track during this quarantine time and I really just want to be healthy and you're realizing the importance of having a proper immune system and and having the the internal ability to be able to fight off some of the viruses and the things that are coming our way, then maybe you should just check out Objective Wellness and see what they can do for you. And if there's a problem that you have that their supplements might be able to help treat. So go to objectivewellness.com, use code Allie, that's 20% off your first order. Uh, If you don't like it, like if you're not satisfied, you feel like it's not doing anything, uh, you get a full refund so you literally have nothing to lose so objectivewellness.com code Allie 20% off your first order okay so gaslighting virtue signaling social justice what do all of these things have to do with one another why are we talking about these things why is it important well I am going to tell you First, as we always do, let us define our terms. So to gaslight, if you are on Twitter, which God bless you if you're not, honestly, every day I debate whether or not I am going to delete my Twitter because it is such a cesspool, but it's also a good tool to be able to stay in the know and to be able to state your opinion and to insert your voice into the public arena and. Hopefully, you're hoping against hope that maybe you are making some kind of difference by putting out what you believe to be truth. But for the most part, it truly is a cesspool, which drags you down into the dregs of its misery. Uh, And this term, gaslight, is uh, a term that is used a lot on that site. And what it means is it is making someone feel crazy for feeling a certain way by telling them that they have no reason to be angry or upset or frustrated when in fact there is, In reality a reason for them to be angry and upset and frustrated so let me give you an example of this that has nothing to do with politics in the news so for example this is what abusive boyfriends and girlfriends often do to their significant others so because most of you who are listening and watching uh, are women I will use the scenario of a guy doing this to a girl so say a guy is cheating on a girl and as girls you probably have friends who have been in this scenario he starts doing doing things that uh, the girlfriend finds suspicious. He is staying out late uh, without texting her back. He's keeping his phone with him at all times, like won't let her even touch his phone, acting despondent in their conversations. Generally, he has changed his attitudes and behavior and whatever. And as it turns out, behind the scenes, he is actually cheating on her. And the girlfriend is picking up on these behaviors and she starts to wonder, hey, is he being unfaithful? So maybe she starts asking questions. Maybe even she comes right out and says, hey, are you cheating on me? And the boyfriend, rather than just denying it, he does what is called gaslighting. He says, oh my gosh, babe, you're so paranoid. You're so crazy. You're, you're psycho. I, I don't have any suspicious behavior. I'm not doing anything different. That is gaslighting. Uh, To take an example of how this is happening right now in the news, and this is not the subject that we're spending the the entire episode on today, but this is just an example of gaslighting. This is happening with the Kavanaugh versus Joe Biden coverage debate that's happening online and in the news. So as we have talked about a few times now, the media feverishly and without discretion covered the Kavanaugh saga as if... Lazy Ford's accusations were absolute fact. Much of the same media are now tiptoeing around the issue. Not every journalist, but a lot of journalists are tiptoeing around the issue, like the Washington Post, the New York Times, and they are giving Biden the benefit of the doubt, writing headlines about conservatives' reaction to the accusations, casting doubt on Biden's accuser, calling for due process, demonstrating All of the hesitance and the investigative skepticism that they should have been using during the Kavanaugh confirmation. That is the point that conservatives are trying to make. Not that we should automatically believe Biden's accuser, but that we should have the same standard of skepticism for all accusations. So conservatives have pointed this out that, hey, this is a double standard. This is pretty obviously a double standard and then we get this lovely tweet from a journalist kirsten powers of uh, cnn she's a columnist also for uh, usa today She says, as I point out in my column today, there is no double standard in the way Kavanaugh was treated versus Biden. A few Dems called for immediate withdrawal of nomination, but the prevailing view was that the accusations uh, accusations should be heard and investigated. Same should be done with Reid. Now, this is just not true. This is what not only do we call gaslighting, and I'll explain that, but it's also what you call a memory hauling something. So if you have never read 1984, we are going to read it in my woman's Book club that i have online but also you should just read it whenever you can you should pick it up if you've already read it and just give yourself a refresher there's something called a memory hole in 1984 they shoot uh, they shoot, uh, uh, newspapers down this memory hole, never to be seen again. So you don't know what the news was yesterday. So if yesterday you thought you read in the newspaper that we are at war with Eurasia, the next day the headline could say that you are at war with East Asia and you would have no idea whatsoever, no history book, no literature, uh, no, uh, no newspaper to tell you otherwise. And so you really never know what was reality yesterday versus what is reality today. So that is something that a lot of journalists, unfortunately, including Kirsten Powers, is attempting to do with this whole Kavanaugh thing. They are trying to memory hole what the reaction was so they can say they're not holding a double standard now. But the truth is that every single democrat on the senate judiciary committee at the time of the whole kavanaugh thing and most democrats beyond that committee both in the house and the senate immediately called for his nomination to be revoked they immediately and unconditionally believed not only christine Blasey ford not just gave her the benefit of the doubt not just said hey you know it's probably rare that a victim is going to falsely accuse someone especially uh, this publicly they didn't just say that they completely unconditionally believed her but they also believed the accusations of julie swetnick who took back her own accusation and deborah ramirez whose story of kavanaugh flashing people at a party when he was in high school was never corroborated and was even contradicted they ran with these stories feverishly full steam ahead kirsten powers this woman who wrote the tweet that said there's there's no double standard she herself wrote for usa today in 2018 that while kavanaugh should be forgiven he shouldn't be on the supreme court she said uh if the person who sexually assaulted me and my friend turned into an outstanding citizen good father and husband do i think that he should be put on the supreme court no i don't kirsten powers says uh, we should send teenage boys the message that they can we should, we cannot send teenage boys the message that they can sexually assault someone. And as long as they eventually become good citizens, we will elevate them to one of the most important positions in our society. We cannot send the message to teenage girls that attacks on their bodies don't matter because the perpetrator is young like them. She then wrote on May 1st, 2020 for USA Today regarding the Biden allegation. You can believe Reed, that's Tara Reid, and vote Biden. All right, so let's try to square this. Her reasoning for Kavanaugh not sitting on the Supreme Court was that we need to make sure that teenage boys get the right message, that they know that their actions matter and that teenage girls know that they should be respected. So why doesn't that same reasoning extend to Biden? According to this logic, by saying that, uh, by st- uh, by staying in the race and by voting for him, would we not be telling men that as long as they're powerful and it happened a long time ago, that they can get away with whatever they want and run for president with impunity? And are we not telling women by Kirsten Powers' logic uh, that their stories aren't to be believed that their perpetrator is a Democrat or is, for some reason... Tara Reid's story less believable than Blazy Ford's for reasons that honestly escape unbiased logic. This is what is called a double, a double standard. Just own that. Uh, she also reportedly deleted all of her anti-Kavanaugh tweets. If there wasn't a double standard, then why would you need to delete them? This is what gaslighting is. Gaslighting is making you feel like you are crazy, Or wrong for your reaction by telling you the thing you're reacting to doesn't actually exist when in fact it does this is a tactic unfortunately it does happen on the right and the left but it is so prevalent on the left because this is what the ideology is built on and we'll get more into that in just a second now that you know about it you will see it more and more so here's another example of this happening as you know uh, conservatives and republican governors who are most of them are in favor of strategically reopening the economy so you know people can get back to work and provide for their families and can get the kind of non-covid related medical treatment that they need Uh, they are being accused we as conservatives are being accused of sacrificing people sacrificing people for a 401k sacrificing people to get a haircut sacrificing the elderly The Washington Post wrote a story titled, Many Parts of America Have Already Decided to Sacrifice the Elderly. The article argues that states that have lax rules or are opening parts of their state back up are sacrificing old people the atlantic had a similar piece titled "Georgia's experiment in human sacrifice talking about governor kemp starting to strategically and slowly allow businesses to open back up and just a reminder none of these governors none of these government leaders are forcing businesses to open up or forcing individuals to go outside It's about, okay, we've gotta have some level of mutual trust here in order to function as a society and in order for you to be able to provide for your family. That's what is happening here. But all over, liberal media and Twitter, conservatives are being accused of being heartless, of not caring about the most vulnerable because we believe in strategically opening things back up while still practicing or while still protecting the elderly and the vulnerable. It's like saying this is a form of gaslighting because it's like saying you are crazy for wanting to open back up. You are, uh, you are completely irrational. You're illogical for wanting to do this. Don't you see you're a bad person for wanting to sacrifice all these people? But the reality is again, that we're not. Abuse is up, suicide is up, depression is up, loneliness, anxiety. Like I said, people can't get their surgeries and cancer treatments. People can't provide for their families. Uh, people need work for both provision and purpose lockdowns have fatalities too so we're not crazy of course we care about the vulnerable and the sick and the dying and i think that people should take responsibility and still distance and all of that but none of the people by the way calling us crazy can tell us what the actual solution is what will an indefinite lockdown do when we uh when do we open up and why do we open up what exactly are we waiting for so if not right now since the curve is already flat the hospital system is not overwhelmed in fact lots of nurses have been laid off furloughed because hospitals around the country are across the country are empty people can't stay inside until a vaccine is developed we don't even know if that's going to be effective We don't know when that's going to happen. It could be two years from now. Uh, But the people that are saying that we are crazy, that we are irrational, that we are heartless and lack compassion don't have a solution themselves. This is just a way to gaslight, to make you feel immoral and insane, and yes, to virtue signal, which we will get to that in a second. All of this, by the way, brought to you by the same people who are for abortion and assisted suicide. So I'm not really interested in taking cues from people who think that you should be able to dismember a defenseless baby inside the womb on compassion, not taking cues on compassion from those people. Meanwhile, and this is just another part of this. Meanwhile, Governor Cuomo of New York issued an order on March 25th, according to the New York Post, that elderly coronavirus patients still positive with the virus must be accepted into nursing homes that has been disastrous and absolutely deadly for the new york elderly population according to the new york times at least 14 new york nursing homes have had more than 25 virus deaths and that was reported mid-april but no conservatives who want to slowly and strategically open things back up for the sake of people's lives and livelihoods we are the ones who are heartless and are sacrificing the elderly on the altar of our 401k right here's another example of this gaslighting that is just so prevalent right now john favreau of the favreau i don't know how you pronounce his last name of the left-wing angst podcast pod save america tweeted this the other day he said i can't imagine being in a political party i just can't even say this with without laughing he says i can't imagine being in a political party that has an entire propaganda network at its disposal do gop staffers even prepare their bosses for fox interviews no hard questions no gotchas no follow-ups nothing even remotely challenging oh my goodness so this is a form of gaslighting making you a conservative feel crazy for thinking Democrats have propaganda networks when in fact, according to this person, it's the Republicans that do. And Democrats apparently apparently are all alone out there in the big, bad, journalistically rigorous world of mainstream media. He goes on to say in a little tweet thread uh, that if MSNBC is considered a democratic propaganda network, he wants a different one. Okay great well you've got a wide array of choices here john favreau Uh, you get to choose from a few you can have cnn you can have abc who are totally ready to and uh willing and actually are right now bowing down to any part of the democratic platform or I could interest you in some newspapers like the New York Times or the Washington Post. There's some online outlets like the Huffington Post, Buzzfeed, like if you're feeling fun, or you could take a magazine like the New Yorker or Time, or maybe you're looking for like a whole social media platform. Maybe you're looking for Twitter or Facebook, or you can just go ahead and take all of Google. That includes YouTube, great. And just for good measure, you can have all of Hollywood do your bidding as well. So, if you don't have the propaganda networks that you like, um, if MSNBC is cutting it for you, you've got a wide array of options to choose from. But no, apparently conservatives have one mainstream network that is somewhat sympathetic to Republicans and conservatism, and it's labeled a preposterous propaganda machine. Okay, got it. So that is him trying to make you feel crazy for thinking that the media is biased uh is biased towards the left which of course in fact you are not that is like the cheating boyfriend that we talked about at the beginning of this accusing his girlfriend of cheating of her being the one of cheating when in fact she is not that is this form of gaslighting and we see this kind of stuff constantly being accused of the very thing the other side is doing being accused of overreacting or reacting wrongly altogether when our reaction not all the time, but so many times, especially in the last few months, is in fact justified. This is exactly what happens when outlets like the Washington Post report, quote, conservatives pounce rather than on the thing on which we are pouncing, which is the actual story. So gaslighting is inextricably intertwined uh, with virtue signaling, what is known as virtue signaling. Virtue signaling is a phrase that I hear a lot, but I'm not sure... If everyone knows what it means um it often can be the same thing as gaslighting but it is slightly different a virtue signal is when you literally signal virtue you're over there and you're standing up on the hill and you're like i'm virtuous you're signaling that you are virtuous but There's no real virtue behind it. You were just saying something to make you look awesome, to make you look like a good person, but you saying it doesn't accomplish anything. Does it mean anything? There's no substance or action behind it, or you stated something really obvious that no one disagrees with and or maybe uh you don't even really truly agree with it and your actions actually belie your virtue signaling so some examples the u.s women's soccer team refusing to go to the white house after they won the world cup virtue signal That's not brave. It didn't accomplish anything. It didn't actually do anything. That doesn't make anyone moral or virtuous. Sure, that's their prerogative and that's totally fine, but it wasn't courageous. It wasn't virtuous. It wasn't moral. They did it to signal their supposed virtue to the left-wing world. Uh, There is a form of virtue signaling that is also not just meaningless, but totally hypocritical. So putting on a show of virtue while contradicting that show with their actions so this hilarious thing happened with andrew cuomo you might have heard on the news last week that wow new york city is doing this awesome thing they're sanitizing the subways and the media put this out there like we're all supposed to applaud but we're kind of like good maybe you should have done that i don't know maybe you should have been doing that for the last forever but you especially should have done it eight week uh eight weeks ago six weeks ago Come on, like, okay, and so now there's this picture of Andrew Cuomo, he is um, going out there and he is spraying down the subways with sanitizer. And the media is like, wow, this is the leader that we need. The left is like, gosh, Trump would never do this. Cuomo was a man of the people, this is amazing. This is a virtue signal because it's not virtuous. He doesn't have to go out there and actually spray down the subway. What would have actually made a difference? is if he had allocated some funds and uh, issued a directive to have that happen, I don't know, eight weeks ago, that would have made a huge difference. They should have been doing that every night. New York City never shut down the subway. And they're wondering why cases keep occurring, not to mention the fact which we talked about in the episode titled Little Tyrants Everywhere, their hospital system is a complete mess. The state of New York is a complete mess because of Cuomo's corruption, because of his lack of integrity, because of his mismanagement of the budget, and he is using this crisis as not just PR, for his own reputation, but also to try to get as much federal money as possible to make up for the $4 million budget hole that he had created with his own irresponsibility, not to mention Mayor Bill de Blasio, the most incompetent mayor in the entire United States of America. Uh, not to mention his own corruption and his own lack of leadership and his own total incompetence. We haven't even talked about him targeting the Jews because he is, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say this, but an anti-Semitic scumbag. The guy is just a scumbag. So virtue signaling. This is what Andrew Cuomo is doing by making, uh, sanitizing the subways, this uh, PR opportunity, this photo opportunity when really that's not virtuous at all that looks virtuous but in reality what you should have done was have the subway sanitized a long time ago and you should have continuously had them sanitized i mean that's just crazy and the leftist media just falls all over this guy uh here's another one so she should have been included in our tiny tyrants or little tyrants everywhere episode but i didn't know about this then so chicago mayor mayor lightfoot uh she does a speech and she says, if you have a party, we are going to arrest you. If you even talk about having a party, we also might at least track you down. Uh, Here is a little video for saying that. And this is how it's gonna be. We will shut you down, we will cite you, and if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail, period. There should be nothing unambiguous about that. Don't make us treat you like a criminal, but if you act like a criminal and you violate the law and you refuse to do what is necessary to save lives in the city in the middle of a pandemic, we will take you to jail. So she wants to seem really tough. While, by the way, so mayor of Chicago, by the way, their uh, gun death numbers are up from last year. So I'm wondering if she could maybe focus a little bit more on that. And here's just the icing on top of the virtue signaling cake for her because this is what she's doing. She's trying to seem really strong and virtuous. She went out and got her hair done a couple weeks ago. You know what her excuse was when media thankfully reported on this? She said, well, you know, I'm a public figure and I need to look good and I take, I take hygiene very seriously as opposed to all you peons who are just coughing and sneezing in people's faces she takes her hygiene very seriously this is what a virtue signaling is it is also a little bit of a gaslight making you feel crazy while she is the one that is doing crazy things this is what it means to virtue signal it is both meaningless and it is hypocritical bernie sanders this is another example anytime he talks about that capitalism is evil and rich and you're a bad person if you don't agree with that meanwhile he has two more houses than most of us do and a lot more money than most of us do Uh, he says things that don't have any formidable principle underneath it and yet he gets thousands of likes on social media because twitter loves empty virtue signals they don't care at all about virtue and here's a great one here's a great example of virtue signaling from this week courtesy of representative ilhan omar she tweeted she tweeted this that we should cancel rent and mortgage payments no stipulations no qualifications for that no caveats we should cancel all written mortgage payments. This is a huge ginormous virtue signal because it is meaningless, it is worthless. It is counterproductive. It's not even actually virtuous or virtuous sounding. It is meant to signal compassion, but it's not compassionate at all. Let's think about this. This is what's required of virtue signals. Let's put our thinking caps on for just a second. Ilhan Omar, a congresswoman for the United States of America, okay? Not a state representative, she's a congresswoman in DC. She says that we should cancel all mortgage and rent payments, no conditions, no qualifications, no stipulations that she put on that. This is supposed to be compassionate. Does she realize? I don't know if she realizes this or not. She might not realize that very often tenants are richer than their landlords. There's this communistic idea, and you'll see it a lot on Twitter, that landlords are leeches, that they're evil. Well, that's a very bigoted generalization. Landlords are probably representative of the rest of the population which there are some good and generous people and some selfish and not good people i don't see why landlords are any different than that but this is this weird communistic idea that rent is evil and that therefore landlords are evil it's real weird millionaires Here's the reality, and they should understand this because they're all about hierarchy and oppression. Millionaires who rent a $10,000 a month apartment in New York City, I don't even know because I don't live in the city, but really expensive apartments in New York City, they shouldn't pay rent to their landlord who probably takes home a lot less than their tenant does. If you make $60,000 a year and your landlord takes home 40k a year why is it compassionate for you to screw him over by not paying your rent does that sound right to you is that compassionate to you if you're paying a mortgage on your house and you and everyone else you know stops paying your mortgage the bank that gave you that loan is going under and that bank teller that single mom at that bank trying to provide for her family on 35k a year if that is now out of a job does that sound compassionate to you Uh, of course it doesn't because that's not fair that is unjust and this of course is why virtue signaling is wrong and uh why social justice which we'll get to a little bit more in a second um sounds good but is wrong because it never looks at the other side of the equation It is always doing what sounds good, trying to even the playing field and to create equal outcomes at the expense of another group that they subjectively perceive as privileged, landlords, people who are requiring payments. When those people aren't necessarily privileged and even if they were privileged, doesn't mean that they should be punished by you not paying your rent or mortgage does that make sense so this is why whenever you see something like this whenever you see a suggestion that sounds virtuous and you're being gaslit by being told hey you are a bad person for not for for wanting to open up the economy you're a bad person for wanting to collect rent or for believing that other people should pay their rent or pay their mortgages you're a bad person if you believe that the rich uh, shouldn't pay more in taxes every time you see this virtue signal or this gaslighting that sounds really good and makes you feel like a bad person for not agreeing with it you got to think you got to think a little bit more deeply about the consequences of it and if any of it even makes sense so you hear this a lot like cancel all student loan debt cancel all mortgage and rent payments make the rich pay their fair share free health care for all abolish ice it's time for racial reparations or in the form of politicians making particular promises like elizabeth warren saying that she is going to get a trans kit to help her pick her head of department of education or when joe biden promises to pick a woman as his vp these are all nothing more than empty hollow meaningless signals of virtue that when looked at carefully when thought about critically are meaningless and to be frank they're stupid why because they're not economically feasible they're not effective they're not beneficial to society canceling student loan debt puts the cost of college on the taxpayer who didn't choose who many of whom didn't choose to go to college and who may actually make less money than the parents of the kid going to college or even some of the people who are in college is that fair Making the rich pay their fair share is built on a false premise. What is fair? The rich already pay the vast majority of taxes in this country, whereas the poorest pay nothing and actually can make money from the government. Free health care for all means less choice, lower quality. We've done an entire podcast episode on this because the profit margins for hospitals will be almost non-existent, which means laying off nurses and doctors, uh, but also stymieing the motivation for innovation. That's not to say that our healthcare system doesn't have problems, but forcing people off of their private healthcare plans uh, that they like and forcing them onto government run care, which just like all government run programs will be both uh, inefficient and ineffective is not compassionate. It's also not just considering that you will be forced to subsidize things to which you are morally opposed, like abortion and gender reassignment surgery, for example abolishing ice only makes the country less safe racial reparations are impossible to calculate choosing a woman as your VP rather than the most qualified person just makes you a discriminatory sexist not virtuous so if you poke at the holes of these things that sound good that is currently building what is the new and what a lot of people would say is improved ideology of leftism if you just Prick it just a little bit with your pin of critical thinking, it falls apart. I've heard Dan Crenshaw say in a speech, leftism works as activism, not governance. It sounds good, but it doesn't actually work. And this is why I talk so often that social justice is not justice. It is what Thomas Sowell calls cosmic justice. Social justice sounds good. It even sounds good to the Christian because you think that you are helping the least of these. But here's the problem. I I just did a a PragerU video that just came out. It's my second PragerU video that I've done, and I'm really proud of how it came out. And it's about why social justice is not justice. It is subjective. It is not based on truth. It is not based on reality. It is about these, contrived rules of the game in order to try to achieve uh, equal outcomes, which is impossible. It's just impossible to achieve equal outcomes without absolute tyranny to force people into mediocrity in order that they will be equal So uh, I did a video on that and I got a comment from someone who was very respectful of no problem with this person's comment. She said that she was very disappointed in the video and um, that I should I think she recommended no this was I got this from someone else recommending Tim Keller's book Generous Justice which I just agree just totally disagree with the premise of his book but she talks about how people are born into certain kinds of families and they have certain disadvantages that they didn't choose and so social justice is about showing these people mercy not handouts but the the problem with that is that who gets what is mercy who gets this who gets to decide what that mercy is um who gets to decide who gets that mercy and why What are the qualifications for the mercy? What's the mercy and who gives it? Who gets to decide all of that? That's why social justice being not blind and being uh, weighing the intersectionality points and the oppression points of the people that it is allocating so-called mercy to, that's why it is inherently unjust. It is built on nothing more than gaslighting and virtue signaling, telling you that you are crazy for not believing the set of totally subjective and brand new virtues that so many of the people that purport these virtues don't actually fall behind. Quest for Cosmic Justice is a book. It's also a speech uh, by Thomas Sowell. He is the amazing economist who has so much good work out there, but he talks about uh, the inherent injustice Of social justice. I highly recommend you read Quest for Cosmic Justice. And what he talks about is that people who want social justice, they want equal outcomes rather than equal opportunities and they try to uh they try to contrive certain scenarios in which everyone will be equal and end up with the same but it's just impossible people are different people of the same backgrounds have different outcomes in their life and when you try to make everyone have the same results in their life uh, you end up suppressing innovation you suppress success you suppress motivation you suppress people's this to work and it ends up in tyrannous ruins this is just the case he talks about this in his speech quest for cosmic justice and i just want to read you some of that he says traditional concepts of justice or fairness at least within the american tradition boil down to applying the same rules and standards to everyone this is what is meant by a level playing field at least within that tradition uh, though the very same words mean something radically different within a framework that calls itself social justice Words like fairness, advantage, and disadvantage likewise have radically different meanings within the very different frameworks of traditional justice versus social justice. A fight in which both boxers observed the Marquis of Queensberry rules would be a fair fight according to traditional standards of fairness, irrespective of whether the contestants were of equal skill, strength, experience, or other factors likely to affect the outcome, and irrespective of whether that outcome was a hard-fought draw or a completely one-sided beating. This would not, however, be a fair fight within the framework of those seeking social justice if the competing fighters came into the ring with very different prospects of success, especially if these differences were due to factors beyond their control. Presumably, the vast ranges of undeserved inequalities found everywhere are the fault of, quote, society, uh, according to social justice advocates. And so the redressing of these inequalities is called social justice, going beyond the traditional justice of presenting each individual with the same rules and standards. In a sense, proponents of social justice are unduly modest. What they are seeking to correct are not merely deficiencies of society, but of the cosmos, What they call social justice encompasses far more than any given society is causally responsible for. Crusaders for social justice seek to correct not merely the sins of man, but the oversights of God or the accidents of history. What they are really seeking is a universe tailor-made to their vision of equality. They are seeking cosmic justice. Um, He goes on and and I won't uh, read the entire thing, but he talks about how social justice advocates want to destroy the entire rule of law and the idea of uh, the traditional idea of fairness and equality. He says, ironically, the quest for greater economic and social equality is promoted through a far greater inequality of political power. If rules cannot produce cosmic justice, only raw power is left as the way to produce the kinds of results being sought. In a democracy where power must gain public acquiescence, not only must the rule of law be violated or circumvented, so must the rule of truth. However noble the vision of cosmic justice, arbitrary power and shameless lies are the only paths that even seem to lead in its direction. As noted at the outset, the devastating costs and social dangers which go with these attempts to achieve the impossible should be taken into account so like what i was saying it is impossible to achieve the ends of social justice which is equal outcomes without absolute tyranny and those who fight for equal outcomes you notice that it's always equalized downward rather than upward so success is made into mediocrity rather than mediocrity being made into success and that's why it always ends so disastrously Every communist, every socialist regime has started out with the premise and the goal of social justice, higher literacy rates, more success, more food, more equality. And it ends with destruction, it ends with suffering, it ends with starvation because the goals of socialism and this uh, leftist contrived social justice, it goes against human nature. And human nature is that there will be always unequal outcomes. America is based on the premise that we should have equal opportunity, uh, but not equal outcomes, because we know that it's impossible without absolute dictatorship. And that is what the argument is. And social justice is not based on any kind of impartiality or unbiased truth. It is based on trying to create new rules to lift one group up, that someone that the social justice advocates see as oppressed and hold another group down that the social uh, social justice advocates see as privileged. And that inherently is unjust. That is why we Christians care about what our definitions are. That is why we as Christians care about seeking truth and seeking true virtue and seeking true justice and not seeking false accusations that come with gaslighting, not seeking a virtue signaling that is completely hollow and meaningless and not, con- and not uh, pursuing a type of social justice that has no true just outcome. All of these are the makings of modern day leftism that when you tap it, With just a little bit of weight of critical thinking completely crumbles under the weight of human nature and reality and the necessity of a democratic governance Uh, micah 6 8 tells us to seek justice to love mercy to walk humbly with our god the question is what is actual justice What is actual truth? What are the things that we should really care about? Should we be gaslighting and memory holding stories that we don't want to be true? Should we be making other people feel crazy for the things that we are doing or that they do have a justified uh, reason to be crazy for? Should we be signaling virtue in a way that doesn't really mean anything? Should we be pursuing a justice that the secular world tells us is just but isn't actually? justice according to God is a impartial Leviticus 19 15 you shall do no injustice in court you shall not be partial to the poor nor defer to the great but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor God's justice is also be uh, based on evidence and truth throughout Deuteronomy as God is laying out his rules and statutes for the people of Israel we see his desire for due process to see if someone is guilty Israel is too told to inquire to search Diligently to find proof that someone is innocent or guilty, guilt is not assumed. Social justice, as Thomas Sowell says, is not about the rules of the game. It's about. Uh, it's not about an even playing field. It's not about equal opportunity it is about subjective rules based on some subjective idea of intersectionality and oppression and that does not fit the biblical definition uh, of what justice is and neither does gaslighting and virtue signaling and all of these attempts uh, that the left makes in order to in order to force their ideology onto people so that you feel morally obligated to be a leftist Uh, that doesn't fit god's qualifications for what is virtuous for what is true and right and good and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, It has substance. This is what truth looks like. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what justice really is. It's what God says is good and right and true. It is impartial. It is based on evidence. It is based on the author of truth, which is God himself, uh, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if you've got any question about what is true, Uh, if you are being gaslit, feeling crazy about something that you know is right. If you are seeing virtue signals and you feel guilty about not buying into these virtue signals and doing the same kind of virtue signaling, if you are being told that you need to be a social justice advocate, just remember that, uh, if you need to know what is true, if you need to verify what is right and good and what justice is, you have an objective standard and that's the word of God. Like you don't have to. You don't have to be swirling around the cesspool of Twitter in order to know what is true. There are headlines and there are tweets and there are lots of different directions that the news can pull you. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we have a God who created virtue, who created justice and who created truth. And we don't need to borrow secular standards of morality. We don't need to borrow secular terminology in order to inform our worldview or our vocabulary. Uh, regarding what justice is. Okay, that's all I have for you today. We will be back here on Friday.